This week, Party City faces global helium shortage. Purdue judge approves Sackler settlement with eight states in D.C. Puerto Rico abandons PREPA RSA. Envision contemplates new money debt raise. Hello and welcome to the REARG podcast, where we bring the latest developments in high yield distressed debt and bankruptcy. We'll be taking a brief recess this week from our deep dive segment. We'll be back next week with more premium content and in-depth analysis. It's Friday, March 11th. Party City could face headwinds amid a global helium shortage, which, according to news reports, is driven by Russia's global tensions, major incidents at a helium factory in Russia, the world's fifth largest helium producer, and plans the United States, the world's largest helium producer, to end public sales of helium from its main storage facility in September. News reports have indicated that helium gas prices have risen dramatically to $600 per million cubic foot from $280 million per million cubic feet in 2019. A helium supply shortage could lower party city's revenue by both reducing the volume of balloon sales and sales of other products. Balloon sales are a key driver of foot traffic to party city stores and yield secondary sales of other products. Additionally, higher helium prices could reduce margins by causing the company to pay higher prices to procure helium. It is unclear to what extent party city is exposed to helium spot prices based on the structure of its contracts and actions taken in 2019 during a previous global helium shortage. During the previous helium shortage in 2019, management entered into long-term supply agreements with third parties to direct supply party city with helium which may partially or fully mitigate any impact from future helium shortages and price increases in late 2021 management said that long-term supply agreements entered into entered into in 2019 have kept the actual cost of helium pretty consistent quarter to quarter Management also indicated that its long-term supply arrangements covered demand and then some however these comments were made prior to recent Russian global tensions. Judge Robert Drain on Wednesday granted Purdue Farmers' motion for approval of a settlement term sheet between the debtors, the Sackler family, and the nine, eight states, and the District of Columbia, which successfully appealed confirmation of Purdue Farmers' plan. The judge overruled objections from over 20 states and the U.S. trustee after hearing oral arguments. I do not believe that the settlement agreement contravenes the bankruptcy code. I also believe that the settlement agreement is not a sub rosa plan, said Judge Drain. The judge also emphasized that the improved Sackler settlement is, quote, not taking value from personal injury claimants who would receive $700 million to $750 million under the plan. Under the settlement term sheet disclosed in a mediated report last week, the Sacklers have agreed to contribute $5.5 billion to $6 billion in cash settlement payments and increase to the $4.325 billion they had agreed to pay. $898 million to $1.398 billion of incremental cash consideration would go to the estates. $276.9 million would go to a Supplemental Opioid Abatement Fund, or SOAF, to be established for the benefit of the nine and New Hampshire. 20-plus states who objected to the settlement term sheet largely argued that the $277 million SOAF payments were a cash grab by the nine. Those payments should be divided among the states under the allocation formula set forth in Purdue's plan instead of going directly to the nine, the objections argued. However, Judge Drain rejected the objector's arguments that the SOAF payments resulted in disparate treatment of Class 4 non-federal domestic governmental claims under the plan. He emphasized that the payments, which will come directly from the Sacklers, are not estate property. On Tuesday, Governor Pedro Pierluisi announced that the Puerto Rico government is terminating the restructuring support agreement for the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority, or PREPA, because the deal is, quote, neither feasible nor in the best interest of the Commonwealth. Pierluisi said that the circumstances that existed back in 2019 when the agreement was negotiated have changed significantly, pointing to changes in worldwide economic conditions such as rising inflation and significant surges in the price of crude oil. The governor said the RSA established a path for PREPA to restructure its bond debt to exit the PROMESA Title III bankruptcy, but did not address PREPA's other claims and debt. He called for a considerable reduction of PREPA's debt and the elimination of RSA provisions that levy charges on private power generation. 
He said, I'm committed to achieving PREPA's exit from bankruptcy and support a comprehensive negotiation or mediation that ensures an efficient, cleaner, and reliable electric energy system for the people of Puerto Rico while honoring our government's pledge to corporations, pensioners, and resolving PREPA's debtors', debtors claims fairly. Following the announcement that the Commonwealth is abandoning the RSA, Judge Laura Taylor Swain issued an order on Tuesday evening denying the mediation motion filed by the ad hoc group of PREPA bondholders. The court's ruling is without prejudice. The steering committee of an ad hoc group of term lenders to Envision Healthcare is working with Gibson Dunn as counsel to develop an alternative proposal to that being offered by former ad hoc group member PIMCO, according to sources. The broader group is advised by Jones Day and Guggenheim Securities. According to previous reports, Envision is in discussion with prospective investors regarding a potential new money transaction that contemplates moving assets away from the restricted group and raising debt at the new entity as reported. Ambulatory surgery center business Amsurge is a possible target asset. The outlines of the proposal may be presented to the larger lender group over the next several days, the sources said. Possibilities include a super priority facility and or a smaller amount of funding in exchange for tighter docks. However, the company and sponsor KKR may not be willing to contemplate any document tightening that would limit their ability to pay out a dividend or otherwise provide a return to investors, sources have said. The ad hoc group has been adding members to have the requisite number of lenders to push through a transaction and is close to crossing the 50.1% required. According to analysis by Reorg America's Covenants, Envision does not have the capacity to transfer its AmSurge unit to an unrestricted subsidiary under its credit agreements. Despite the transfer restrictions, Envision's credit agreement may permit the designation of AmSurge as an unsub as a means of getting around the former issue. Top Bird stories this week included Morgan Stanley asks bankruptcy court to leave Moby tortious interference claims to state court. DBSI says suit against Sun Edison 2L lenders filed to beat statute of limitations, not intimidate witnesses in SESL action. Limited partners targeted by allied litigation trustee assert district court should consider preemption of state fraudulent transfer claims by ERISA anti-alienation provisions. LATAM commitment creditors have not agreed to extend certain milestones under RSA. Debtors request entry of final order regarding ANR dip facility. Now here's Kathy from Los Angeles with the week ahead. Hello, today is Friday, March 11th. We have a light week of events next week. Starting off on Monday, March 14th, there will be a status conference in Mountain Cross Adversary proceeding seeking antitrust findings relating to their exclusive Athar distribution agreement with Express Scripts affiliate CuraScript. On Tuesday, March 15th, the LADAM airline debtors will ask for approval of their amended dip facility after adjourning the hearing from yesterday. On Thursday, March 17th, the Stoneway Capital debtors will press forward with getting approval of their revised disclosure statement to their amended plan. The debtors expect a fully consensual process. Things will resume on Friday, March 18th in Mallinckrodt, when the debtors will seek a further extension of the preliminary injunction protecting non-debtors through the effective date of their confirmed plan. Athar royalty claimant Sanofi, who has appealed the confirmation order, will ask for a stay of initial distributions to general unsecured claims pending its appeal, in addition to certification of its appeal for direct review by the Third Circuit. As for earnings, we will see results from Pennsylvania Real Estate Investment Trust on Monday, March 14th, followed by Natural Resource Partners on Tuesday, March 15th. Calfrac Well Services will report its earnings on Wednesday, March 16th, with Joanne Stores and GameStop to do the same on Thursday, March 17th. That's it for me from Los Angeles, where just a few miles up north in Santa Rosa, California, a local celebration of Women's History Week kicked off in 1978, starting off what has become today's Women's History Month in March. 
please take some time to commemorate this year's theme of women providing healing, promoting hope, which honors the work of caregivers and frontline workers during the pandemic and all the ways in which women worldwide have provided healing and hope throughout history. Back to you in New York. Thank you again for listening to this Rear Weekly Review. Find all our podcasts on the rear.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend and see you next Friday.